0: This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. We're going to be looking at a few verses in Romans chapter four at times. So, if you'd like to uh, prepare that in your Bibles, Romans chapter four. I don't know if how many in the past would have known a wee song called Be Bold, Be Strong. Do you know that one? Yeah? Yeah? That's good. There's a good sprinkling. The words of it go something along this. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. It repeats that, and then it says, I am not afraid. I am not dismayed, because I am walking in faith and victory. Come on, and walk in faith and victory. For the Lord your God is with you want to think a wee bit about tonight about walking in faith. Walking in faith is so, so important for us as Christians. It's the life we want to live. We want to be walking in faith. Indeed, a part of the Christian life is so much walking in faith. Uh, why is it important? Well, we know Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So right there is a clear statement. Faith is important. Uh, We're also told in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So the idea of walking in faith is central. We have a challenge, each one of us, to be walking in faith. And we want to encourage each one of us to be walking in faith. Where we are in that walk, of course, is an individual thing. And we want to have a a think about where we are and where maybe we can be. Um, Hopefully we can be like the disciples when they came in Luke 17, verse 5, and says, Lord, increase our faith. Anybody in that camp? Yeah? Lord, increase our faith. And certainly, as Pentecostals, um, we believe God can still do signs and wonders. We do believe God's the God that heals. We do believe the God's can meet any need. And indeed, that promise that we have from John 14, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that your Father may be glorified in the Son. So, faith is is going to be part of that. We're never going to see the works. We're never going to see the fulfillment of that, unless it works by faith. Of course, there's an instruction to our leaders and our elders, you know. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. So there's a real call for faith among leadership. But it's not just for leadership. As we said in the first verse from John, from John, it's anyone who believes. And indeed, we're told, Jesus says, So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up from the roots, and it will be planted in the sea, and he would obey you. So faith is for all. Mm-hmm. We believe what it says in Mark 16, um, at the very end of it. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay on the hands on the sick, and they will recover. It happens through faith. So that's the challenge. When we consider our journey of faith, where are we on it? Uh, Jesus had this very question when he said in Luke 8, And they came to him and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled and said one to another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Where is your faith? If there was a faithful meter, you know, where would it be in terms of where each one of us is? Is our faith here? Maybe we have great faith, like uh, Jesus said of the centurion. Um, the centurion came, as we know, we uh, had a sick child. As he says, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I said to this one, go, and he goes, and to another come, and he comes, unto my servant do this, and he does When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So there's great faith. We can aspire to that. Wasn't too long later uh, later on in that chapter... And the disciples again came. And the disciples said to him, Lord, save us, we are perishing. Again, it's the same story we were thinking about earlier, just in, in Matthew this time. Why are you for so faithful? Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. So we see a centurion coming with great faith. We see the disciples, what they say? Oh, little faith. So there's a, there's a scope for our faith to be. And where are we in that faith? What we do know Things change according to our faith. Our faith makes a difference. We see this in Matthew 9. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus turned them warmly, saying, See that no one knows it. So according to their faith, Their faith made the difference. And it's the same for us. Our faith in any circumstance will make a difference. So we're talking about walking in a faith. Of course, if we're walking somewhere, we're heading somewhere. And where we want to think is we're heading into a greater faith. Um, If some people ask me, you know, what's Ruth going to do uh, when she finishes university and what's she going to do? And I would say, well, she's following in her mother's footsteps. She's going into teaching. So there's, in some ways, what I was saying there is that she's following somebody. She's following in her mother's footsteps. When we think of faith, is there any footsteps we can follow? And that's where we want to, uh, to think about some things in the Bible where I'd lay it down, some steps that we can follow. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, we see... Many uh, ex- clips of this were uh, people were related, or they were summoned by what they went, who they followed. An example of this would be in First Kings 15, and I'll just read a couple of verses from it. It says, in the 18th year of King Joabim, the son of Nebat, Abijam became king over Judah. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. So here they were saying, he followed in his father. He didn't follow in the way David was, in the sins. So people can follow sinful people. And then we see about King um, Asa. In the 20th year of Jehovah and king of Israel, Asa became king over Judah. Asa did what was right in the eyes of his Lord. He followed after his father David. So David was held up as somebody in the Old Testament that, did you follow David in his good ways? Did you follow the evilness that other kings did? So it was a real marker about who they were following. When we come to the New Testament... And this is where we come to our text in Romans chapter 4. We're given a clear way to follow in faith, and it's through the life of Abraham. I'm going to read some verses uh, from Romans chapter 4, taken up in verse 9. Does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only, or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted, while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? not while circumcised, but uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they they are uncircumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the father of circumcision to those who are not only of the circumcision, but also who walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. And this is really what, if uh, we want to take as our text tonight, who also walk in the steps of the faith of Abraham. There are some steps we can take as we walk in faith, and Abraham is a great example of this. In this, the context of what um, Paul was saying here was that the Jews, there were great believers in Abraham, and what he was making really clear to them, even before the sign that they all held on to of circumcision saying, well, we're circumcised, we're obviously children of Abraham. It wasn't, that wasn't the important thing. Abraham was justified. Abraham was accepted because he believed God. And this is the key thing. The steps that Abraham took in his life are what justified, made it righteous. He was accepted to God because of his faith. Now, I the thing that we want to think about is the steps that happened along the way. And it says in Abraham, and a good place to look about where we can think about Abraham is when we see how his name comes up again in the great chapter of faith in, in, um, John, or in um, Hebrews 11. But even before we get to that, Jesus made it clear in John 8, When the Jews um, came to Jesus and said, Abraham is our father, Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. So Jesus was making it clear that what Abraham did, because he did it in faith, was what made him accepted by God. And not just because they had some title, we are children of Abraham. So Abraham sort of leads us in the path that we can take. Now, when we read uh, also in in Galatians chapter 3, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all nations will be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. What can we learn from Abraham? In Hebrews chapter 11, um, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he received the promise offered up only his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him a figurative sense. Now the actual incident that happened there, when Abraham uh, and Isaac had this uh, visit in which a um, son was going to be offered up when Isaac was going to be the sacrifice. We read that in Genesis 22, and it's worth just say, reading a few verses of it. Um, now, it came up to pass that after these things that God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, Here I am. And then he said to him, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. And then it was said, Jesus, are the God spoke, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. And Abram called the place the Lord will provide, and it is to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall provide. Hallelujah. Indeed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abram returned to his young men and they rose. Now, Who has got that faith? Anybody hear that call coming to them, sacrifice your only son? It's a big call. What is worth knowing, and when we think about when Paul was talking about uh, in Romans 4, he said the steps of the faith of Abraham. So that wasn't the first time that God had intervened in Abraham's life. And in some ways, it was the culmination. It was the pinnacle of his faith. That's where he got to. But it didn't start there. Yeah. And this is good for us in that there are steps that there may well be a massive mountain in front of us. Right? But God has taken us on a journey of faith Hallelujah. that hopefully as we grow in faith that the mountain, or in this case, the sacrifice of the sun, it'll be like second nature to us. You know? So it's a challenge. Um, again, uh, if we read Hebrews 11, uh, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into the place by which he received an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. So in Hebrews 11, this is the first mention of Abraham. It's uh, the first words shown by faith. He got up and moved. This is taken from Genesis chapter 12. And again, I'm just going to read a few verses. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. So first time we hear of Abraham is when um, he, was, he got a word from God, get up, move, take everything with you, start afresh. And that would have been a big change for him. But it was the first step along the way. He heard God's voice. And thankfully, he didn't quibble about it. He just said, right, if that's what it is, he went and did it. And so much of our walk of faith is actually hearing God's voice about what to do and when to go. There's a moving, there's a thing to go, move from this place to that place. Um, We have to develop a life and a hearing that knows when to follow when God tells us to move or to do or to say. So it wasn't anything miraculous in terms of, you know, raising the dead or what he was then called to, but it was developing that relationship, him hearing from God, him doing what God wanted. And that's the essence of the faith life, where we hear from God, we take it on board, we do it. Faith is an action word, you know. uh, Things follow when when faith is enacted. So he got up and he went. in each of our lives, we, we will get opportunities to, to listen to God, to do things. As a church, we have to act in faith. We, sometimes we have to take new directions. Sometimes uh, we have to follow the vision. For example, last uh, October, we, we had a, a kids' club for a week for the, uh, the people in the town. It was something new. We stepped out in faith. We said, well, you know, we'll try this. God was in it. Kids have come in. And it was a great blessing. You know, so there'll be things we need to do as a church. And when the vision comes, we have to get on board. You know, he took his family with him. And yes, it was Abram that had the vision. Thankfully, his family went with him, you know. And as, as you know, as God leads us as a fellowship, if there's a direction we need to go, let's all, you know, step out in faith. Let's uh, believe that God's in it. And it'll be, if we do anything in a step out of faith for God, there'll be a blessing in it. We believe that yeah. yeah so no matter whether it seems big or small if we do it as god's guidance then there'll certainly be a blessing and so Abraham everyone was starting to learn um, that there is this integration in life as you hear god you follow him so living in faith has a lot to do with the day-to-day living and whatever that may mean in your life you know whether it be with the people you meet whether it be a word that you have to say to somebody, whether it be um, any opportunity to bring, you know, your testimony or to say a word in season, go with it. You know, you're developing that sort of looking to God and and certainly as as God will, will guide you. And the Lord again appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendants, I will give this land and there he built an altar to the lord who had appeared to him and he moved from there to the mountain east of bethel and he pitched his tent with bethel on the west side of ai and on the east and there he built an altar to the lord and he called on the name of the lord so everywhere he went he went a wee bit then god showed him another but he built an altar he gave thanks he said god it's amazing you've brought me this far i'm going to give thanks so he was building up he was walking in the steps of faith he was seeing how god was using him we also see from hebrews 11 by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with isaac and jacob the heirs of him of the same promise for he waited for the city whose foundations and builder and maker were god so he was living in a foreign land it was the promised land but he was he was living in a foreign land so he had to adapt to what was going on there and one of the challenges he had was looking after his nephew lot um, they came to a point where uh, it says in Genesis 13 and Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord and the land of Egypt as is toward Zorah Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom there came a time when they separated abram went one way and lot went the other and we know that lot as it said he pitched his tent towards sodom as christians we've always got to be careful in the walk of faith that we don't too close to the world you know we are a different people we are a separate people mm-hmm. we're told not to be conformed to the world you can't pitch your tent too near sodom and if you think You know, it will have an effect on you. If you're continually doing the things of the world, walking in the ways of the world, guess what? You'll think and act in the ways of the world. You know? (laughs) We know the outcome of what was happening in Sodom. But here's something uh, that struck me. While Abraham started to see how the plan was unfolding, right, about what was going to happen to Sodom, had an encounter, and it says this in Genesis 18, Then the Merlin turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abram stood still before the Lord. And Abram came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare for the 50 righteous that were in it? And we know God's answer. And then it went down, um, a few verses on. Then he said, Let not our Lord, be angry, and I will speak with you once more. Suppose ten should be found. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of the ten. What we see here is Abram stood still before the Lord. He was interceding. He saw the waywardness of Lot. He saw what was going to happen. Because God said, Will I not show this to my servant uh, Abram?" So he knew what was going to happen. But he stood before, it's as if he was just, I'm not moving until I get an answer from God. He was interceding. And as we know, it started at 50 and down to 10. He didn't give up interceding for Lot. And for those that have family members that may well be, as it were, living in Sodom, that may well be outside of the kingdom, you know, for those that are going through things, we need to keep interceding. We need to keep praying, praying, and praying. The walk of faith, believing that our merciful God will come and deliver them. You know? Abram, it's as if I've heard this bad news, but God, in one way, I'm going to intercede for my family. I'm not going to give up. And he just as if he stood his ground, you know? And of course we know from Hebrews 4, let us become boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to the help in time of need there's a boldness about coming into the presence of god and you know we're not talking about some sort of arrogance come before god but there's a reality that we can come to god and what i'm trying to encourage you part of growing in our faith is believing i'm going to just keep coming i'm going to keep drawing near to god i want to have an encounter with God that gives me, you know, understanding of what's going to happen and just to keep praying for those that I need to keep praying for. Part of the growing in faith along the steps is the intercession we need to do. We need to keep praying for those around us, for situations around us, you know, in a foreign country, in um, whatever circumstances were coming, part of what he was doing, what he was interceding, and he, he wasn't going to let them... He wasn't going to let what was going to happen to lot happen. And thankfully, he did. And, God, and we know that God delivered. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham. Ah, so there it is. God remember him. Because he stood before him and said, and interceded. It can be easy just to think, well, well, they'll come in their own time and, you know, maybe I don't need to pray for them or maybe somebody else is praying for them. You, 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 pray, intercede, believe God, you know. Keep praying for those things that are on your heart, for those people that are in Sodom, for the world, for the nation around us. And um, if you come on a Thursday night to the prayer meeting, you'll hear plenty of places talked about that we need to be praying for, plenty of uh, situations that we're interceding for. So we need to keep praying. And this was part of what... uh, the steps that Abraham was doing. He was understanding that if you're going to get things done, you need to pray, you need to keep praying. We know this is something that Jesus took up. We see it in Luke chapter 18. And then he spoke a parable to them, that men ought always to pray and not lose heart, saying, there was a certain city, a judge, who did not fear God nor regard men, nor nor neither was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said with himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continued coming she worries me. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. So here's a clear call to us that we crying out day and night yeah now there's a challenge crying out day and night before God for situations perhaps we maybe have experienced it maybe there's a particular battle and we get on our knees for 5 minutes, 10 minutes 20 minutes, an hour crying out day and night you know intercession it takes time it takes uh, a belief that God will do it but you know It's it's not not a, a glib thing. It's serious business with God. Steps of faith. If you want your faith to grow, there's going to be times you're going to have to stay on your knees. You know, cry out day and night. And a really, really end to that section, it says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? We talk many times here about the return of Jesus as imminent. We know he's coming back. Will he find faith on the earth? He's looking to his people. We have to be a people of faith, a people that are believing our God, a people that have taken on the promises, a people that are walking in faith and in victory. You know. And we know when the judgment seats are opened, when we when it comes to each each one of us. I'm not responsible for Clifford's faith, he's not responsible for mine, where everyone is before God. Will he find faith? And it goes back to the first question, where is your faith? We know that Abraham had a good challenge when it came to the promise, and uh, he knew the promise was there. Um, And after these things, it says, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. You're exceedingly a great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will You give me, saying I go childless and the heir of my house? We know that Abraham had the promise, but he did at one stage to try to make, work it out himself. We know the story of you know Ishmael came about uh, because he wasn't waiting on the timing. There is a challenge there that you know if we do have the word of the Lord, if we do have a direction God wants us, wait, know the timing of God. Don't try and force it. In God's plan, it will all come together. Um, and behold, the word of the Lord came again to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come for your own body shall be your heir. And then he brought out outside and said, Look now towards heaven and count the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and it accounted to him for Righteousness. Then he said, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit. And then it says, Genesis 18, 14, Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. (coughs) So already um, Abraham was starting to put, Yes, we've had Ishmael, but I know what's going to happen. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? It didn't look like it was ever going to happen. We know of their age. was well on. But the promise is there. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And that's the basis of what faith is about. You know, faith isn't just hoping in, you know, the stars being aligned or, you know, the weather being a particular way or some other. It's because nothing is too difficult for our God. Absolutely nothing is anything too hard for God. Absolutely not. So it's when we align ourselves with that, that when that realization comes, um, it should really rest home with us. Now, uh, Jason was talking about King David today, and uh, we know King David's probably famous victory. um, is the whole thing, you know, when he has the battle with uh, Goliath. And a few verses from, from 1 Samuel 17, Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So in some ways, it's it's the big battle. You know, this is the big one. But was that the first time David had relied on God? But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and, and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, saying that he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me, from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to him, "David, go, and the Lord be with you." What happened with the lion and the bear was steps along the way. They were victories that showed that God was with him. So when the big battle came, he knew, and he gave the you know he the Lord who delivered me is what he said. He was really putting it back, in. he, he knew it was God working the lord who delivered him then david said to the philistine you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin but i come to you in the name of the lord of hosts the god of armies of israel whom you have defiled this day the lord will deliver you into my hand and i will strike you and take your head from you and this day i will give your carcasses of the the camp of the philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth may know that there is a god in israel That's a declaration before you go to war, isn't it? We know the whole nation was weak at the knees. We know he was shouting for somebody to come. But he spoke it out. (laughs) I'm gonna do this to you. Why? Because God had been with him. He had taken the steps of faith. His faith had grown because he had proved God I'm not going to say the simpler things, but you know what I'm saying. And the things which maybe weren't as as, as dramatic, but day by day, it proved that God had dealt with it. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Who runs towards their problems? (laughs) Who, when they see a problem like that, says, all right, I'm going, you know. This is faith. This is the life of faith walking in faith and victory you know uh, david has a has a a real comforting verse in um, psalm 112 and it says he will not be afraid of evil tidings his heart is steadfast trusting in the lord his heart is established he will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies we will not be afraid of evil tidings his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. This is somebody that knows a wee bit about faith. Yeah. Because he had seen God in action. He had proved God. He had followed God. He had seen the giants tremble, uh, tumble over. Another guy we want to think about just for a moment or two, uh, Gideon. Gideon was one of the judges. And Gideon was probably a reluctant you know, he, um, he wasn't foremost in the, the nation. But it says here, um, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon, Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? This is about the Midianites. And why are all his miracles, which your fathers told us to say, and where are all his miracles which your fathers told us about saying, "Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, show me a sign that it is you who talk to me so god came to him and you know gideon wasn't at all convinced you know god said what he wanted to do and gideon says well look at the state of us where are all the miracles and sometimes you know we believe in miracles sometimes we know we believe in how god heals from the sick but we sometimes we maybe just say look why are these things not happening you know gideon took the route of well show me god you know give me a few signs that you're really with me Um, the first one was Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand. He touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed for the night. There was sort of step number one in his training, as it were. Um, And then it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that was beside it. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household, the men of the city too much, he did it by night. He ate too much by day, so he did it by night. So God gave him a challenge, which he did. He did it at night because he just wasn't completely sure. But he was starting to develop a step of faith. Well, if God tells me to do it, well, let's get it done and It's done. And of course, he keeps going, you know. Um, He has this wee discussion with God. Shall I put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor? If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so when he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together. He wrung out the dew of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, but let me speak just one more let me test i pray just once more with the fleece let it now be dry on the fleece but the ground let there be dew and god did so that night it was dry on the fleece but there was dew on the ground so he was testing god but god was burned with him you know and that's the thing we may have well i'm not sure but if we're committed to growing faith god will see us through it and there was another thing he still wasn't completely convinced Well, he was starting to get the battle plan now, what God wanted him to do. Um, He needed to whittle down his army, you know. He had um, 32,000, you know, people, and I thought, right, well, can we do it with this? But God came to him, said, now, therefore, proclaiming the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead, And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. That would fill you with confidence, wouldn't it? So we're going to do this, you know. We think, well, let's bring the numbers in. But this is, the kingdom of God is different. You know, the work of faith is different. It doesn't rely because it's not us doing it. This is the thing about our faith. It's not us that's doing it. As we take the mustard seed of faith, God's able to do the big thing. So 10,000, well, maybe we can do it with that. Then eventually it got down. The Lord said to Gideon, By 300 men who lapped, I will save you, and deliver the Midianites into your hand, that all the people go, every man to his place. So Gideon was hearing from God. He sort of had a battle plan. But there was still one other test, as it were. God came to him and said, But if you're afraid, so even though he had seen, And God had showed him these other signs and the fleece was dry and then it was wet and uh, it got the army down to 300. If you're still afraid, and sometimes in the battle we can still be afraid, but God is merciful. God wants us to, he's the ultimate teacher in that if we're learning, he's encouraging us so we can go to the next step. And the step of faith was so important. God wanted to make sure he really had it. But if you go down to the camp, with your servant, and you shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hand will be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with a servant to the outpost of the armed men where the camp. And Gideon had come. There was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of the Midian. It came to the tent and struck it, and it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joas, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp camp of the Midian into your hands it took a while for the steps of faith to really come to place but sort of it were in the very last moment when they're about to go to battle god guided them, god directed them. he was walking in the steps of faith and faith is a wee bit like this we have to take one step and see where god leads us let's take another step you know as we talk about abram he made one step and then he built an altar got the next direction took the next step That's why it's encouraging to know that we're following in the steps as we're thinking about tonight of Abraham. How can we take our steps? I believe in all our lives, God will give us opportunities to put our faith into action. When Pastor was speaking about the good Samaritan recently, and there's many, you know, every preacher I'm sure has a sermon on the good Samaritan. Um, when I was thinking about this, while we will certainly do good to the uh, the Samaritan or to the, the friend that's in need, sometimes it can be very easy to walk on by when we need to exercise faith. <coughs> if somebody comes to us and says, um, I have a need or I'm sick or there's a... Uh, a situation or we hear of a situation we can walk on by when what really God has sent to us well why don't you pray why don't you intercede you know so that in a physical way yes if there's a brother in need we'll help but how many times do people say to us I need prayer or you hear maybe not somebody's even asking you for prayer but you hear of a need and you say oh that's oh I hope they get better okay and then you move on is that an opportunity for faith? Do we walk on the other side at times and thinking, well, Clifford can play for that one. It doesn't really bother me, you know. Any circumstance where God brings into in front of us, you are the person for the job. This is an opportunity for you to exercise your faith. And it, it really just struck me that we can be like the Pharisees in that we can turn a blind eye to things that we should be exercising our faith for. There will be opportunities, I'm sure, even in this incoming week, in the uh, months that lie ahead for us, when it's a clear opportunity for a need, for a situation. And, of course, challenges, tests, you know, um, trials are all opportunities for faith. And we can, oh, no, here's another problem. What am I going to do? Is it an opportunity for faith? Is it an opportunity to grow your faith? We can either look at them and think, right, well, I'm going to get God involved in here. But I do want to encourage you and believe that God's saying to us that everything that comes into your zone, any opportunity you have to exercise faith, take it. No matter what it is, no matter, you know, we're told to pray about everything. But particularly when people say things to us, don't walk on by as it were. I think, well, somebody else will be praying for them. You know, it may not be obvious to anybody else. You know, it's not like somebody's land on the ground, like when we hear in the story of the Good Samaritan, we know that has been beat up and they're in obvious need. But there's opportunities for us to exercise our faith. We want to be a people that faith steps along the way. I believe God will help us to grow in faith if we take the steps. Um, the life of Abraham shows us that he started by hearing God's voice. If you hear God's voice at all, you know, respond to it, follow it, believe in it, that God will, he's, he's speaking to us for a reason. And yes, it may not be, thus saith the Lord, come up onto the pulpit and give a, a direction. It may be, it may be, not be, but it might be the next person you speak to in work and they say, well, I have a situation at home or uh, I have a need. Is that an opportunity for faith? Do we walk on by or say, I will pray for you? Yeah, I will get it. Maybe it needs action. Maybe you actually need to do something. And we know that James brings out the whole thing that, you know, you can have faith, but there has to be some legs on your faith. If there's a need, you need to to deal with it. But faith, we have to exercise it. And God will give us opportunities. God will bring situations. And please take them. You know, it may seem like a difficulty. It may seem like a problem it's an opportunity for faith you know and whatever comes in this week in the weeks that lie ahead take the opportunity believe that god can do it and it could well be the training you know as we said at the start are we like when jesus said to the disciples "Oh, you have little faith or the centurion you have a great faith you know when we look at the life of david he got to deal with Goliath because he approved god in the simple things and the things that come his way because he knew God was in it. So whatever comes, believe God to intervene and your faith will start to grow. Mm-hmm. You know? Hopefully if we were to um, have a testimony night next week, you know, or the week after, or the month's time, people will say, well, actually, you know, somebody said something to me, I prayed about it, God answered. Your faith is strengthened. And there may well be big things and us, you know, we pray for some pretty big things in a prayer meeting uh, that we're believing God to deal with. And we're believing in faith because, you know, the word is there. But we're proving f- faith day by day in your daily walk. You've got to lo- see opportunities in the workplace, in the home life, wherever we go, wherever God has put you. For wherever you are, you are the person that God has ordained for that moment in time. It is your faith that God wants to strengthen. Um, faith is not an option. It's not just for the elders. You know, it's for all of us. We have a walk of faith, and we can believe that God will take that. And the opportunities, God, God will bring you opportunities to exercise your faith. Follow the word. Um, obviously, you know. There's a lot of teaching you can teach about faith, the importance of the word. There's importance about godly living. There's, a, you know, the importance of the shield of faith. There's prayer and fasting. You know, as God leads us, how we actually deal with situations, really the point I'm, I, I want to put across is that there's steps that are actually mean you're exercising your faith, however God does that for you. But put it into action, that you'll be further along the way, you know, that this time, you know, uh, every time we meet, you know, we're further along the steps of faith. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the encouragement from your word. We thank you that you are with us, and we do pray that we would give us a boldness to walk in faith and in victory. We do thank you for this time together and we pray that your word would settle in our heart we thank you for the guidance from your your word and we pray that you would help us to take the steps of faith help each one of us to grow in faith help us to be looking to you day by day that we might really know your 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 blessing upon each of our lives and the challenges that lie ahead lord give us the faith to believe increase our faith lord that we would be strengthened and Lord, as we come together, may you do great and mighty things, Lord, as we work together and, and as we follow your vision, that you would do a mighty work in, in our, each of our lives, Lord. We pray that you continue to bring healing to the sick amongst us. We pray that you'd come with household salvation. We, we pray in every situation that you would be lifted up, Lord Jesus, and indeed our faith would grow and, and we would see your hand at work as we believe and, and when we follow you. We thank you for this time, Lord. Lead us out this week with your your blessing, your anointing, and and indeed that we would follow you in all things, that we would take your word day by day and follow it. We do thank you for this day. We thank you for the richness of your word. We pray a blessing upon your people this day, throughout this week, and that you would be lifted up in each of our lives. We do give you praise and honor for this day, and we give you thanks. And all at NPC said, Amen. Amen.